Snowshoe has delivered once again. So this is your Maxxis Tires post-race show from Snowshoe, West Virginia with Nico Mullally and Ollie Morris. Maxxis is synonymous with racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no surprise then that they've won more than any other tyre brand in the history of World Cup racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxxis has the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. On my Enduro bike, I'm running the DHR2 Max Terra Double Down on the rear, and I've paired that with the Asagai Max Grip up front in their slightly lighter XO Plus casing. On the downhill bike, I've gone with the DHR2 front and rear, both in the downhill casing and with their super grippy Max Grip compound. Both those setups work amazingly for me, but check out the range and see what's likely to be best for you. You can check out the entire range of Maxxis tyres over at maxxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxxis Bike. All right, it's time to check in with Nico and Ollie to chat about this weekend's racing in Snowshoe. Just how hard was that track to ride? How much did the track conditions improve on race day? How exciting is downhill racing right now? And plenty more. So without further ado, here's your Maxxis tyres post-race show for the 2023 Snowshoe World Cup. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, it was a pretty insane and yet again unscriptable race in Snowshoe this weekend. There's plenty to talk about. Um, but first off, Nico, you were back at the races after taking the sensible decision to not come to Europe for that summer block of racing after World Champs and like spend some time getting on top of the recovery from your injury earlier in the season how how did it feel like how how would you um assess that kind of status of recovery and how ready for racing are you feeling now well it's tough as a racer because the adrenaline takes over and you always feel better and you believe that you can do your best um even when it might not be the case but uh i i felt really good coming into the race um i thought like the four weeks after fort william were really tough i was I, I, I did a lot more gym than riding so that I could try to put some muscle on my left leg. The bone and everything was healed, but um, a combination of like breaking my pelvis and then being on crutches for three months, I just lost so much weight and I just needed to like put day after day of training to try to gain that muscle back. And I think it was at Fort William, the physio like tested me with a strain gauge on my leg and said that my left leg was 85% weaker than my right, which I kind of didn't want to know before the race, but it gave me some good um, data to come back and like put in this training, try to gain the muscle back and felt like, yeah, after doing it for four weeks, I could finally get on top of it and not be smoked after every gym workout and then be able to ride as well in combination with the the training. So coming into the race, I felt the best that I kind of had since the injury. And I don't think it was a hundred percent. I think that I probably needed the winter of training, but these are the last two races and I wanted to give it my best shot. And, uh, I took a little bit of home field advantage. I know the track at snowshoe pretty well. We've raced nationals there in addition to the couple of world cups. And then Mount St. Anne is, is, obviously a little bit easier for us from North America than, than Europe. So I thought these would be, yeah, good, good shot to give it a try. And it, it was awesome to be out there. Like, it's so nice to be racing and, um, just like the only thing you have to do that day is ride during this practice session and then go walk the track or do your qualifying run. It's like, it's nice to have that as a focus. And I really appreciate being a 
pro racer. It's such a cool thing. So many fans of the U.S. race as well, just supporting. And like at Snowshoe, the venue's at the top, and the f- and and then most of the fans take the lift down to the finish. So like during practice or anything everybody that passes you on the chairlift coming down to the finish is like yelling, cheering your name, telling <laughs> tell you you're, they're stoked to see you back racing. So it, it felt really good. Um, I was stoked to be out there. So yeah, good, good thing for me. That is awesome to hear, man. That sounds cool. Ollie, uh, you were back in the UK for this one, not trackside with the Mondrake crew. Like, was there a bit of FOMO kicking in? Uh, for sure, yeah, especially on that track, it looks like uh, something that takes quite a little bit of um, figuring out for the riders. So uh was definitely missing it myself, but also, uh, yeah, wishing I could be there to help the guys and uh, uh, through what looked like a very tough weekend with a changing track. So, but yeah, I just want to pick up one thing that Nika just said about the appreciate. He's clear, and if you could see the smile on his face, like the appreciation and the clear, like, yeah, no, the appreciation that he's got for being back racing and that reminder of like doing the thing that he loves. And I think like sometimes it takes a rider, like it takes an injury or it takes something bad or to 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 happen sometimes to remind yourself because obviously normally you plug away and I'm sure there's a few riders out there at this time of year pretty done with racing, you know? So like to hear somebody who's like, like yourself, Nico, sort of so appreciative to be there and uh, enjoying figuring it out again uh, is awesome to hear, mate. So, yeah, glad to see you back out there. Wise words, Ollie. Nice one. All right, Nico, tell us a bit about the track. Then, like you say, you're pretty familiar with Snowshoe as a venue. Um, was there much change for this year, and and how was that track to to get up to speed on for people? There was a little bit of change this year. I'd say the the biggest thing was that last year they put in a new upper wood section and it was so muddy and soft that that rode completely different than it did this year, even being a very similar section. So it was kind of back to like the bottom rock being pretty much the main separation in riders. And, and they can't really change that section. It's so rocky down there. You can't get an excavator in. Um, there's like nothing you can do to change it. It's just been there for however many million years, those rocks and, and they are the way they are. And it's such a tricky section. It's, um, it's pretty straight, but all the rocks, there's obviously thousands of them pointed different directions and you can't really see every angle of every rock. It almost feels like luck when you get it right, that your front wheel didn't deflect off something and slow you down. And when you do, you can't really get back up to speed until you get out of that section. So it's such a, an essential section for the race. And it feels like super gnarly as a rider because you have to be really committed to like hit it as hard as you can and carry the speed. But if something does deflect and you get offline, there's just rocks everywhere on both sides of the track. Um, it feels super easy to crash in a place that you don't want to have a crash. So that's a gnarly section to figure out. Um, I guess some of the new parts to the track were just like up, up at the top, they put in a little wood section to a small road gap before you cross the paved road, which was cool. It added some technicality to it. The turn into it was really rooty. You had a couple ruts, different line options. Um, and then all the stuff out on the ski slope, they always change because they have to knock it down for ski season. And this year it was a lot more simple, just a a basic grass turn, which actually caught a lot of people out. 
um, it was tough how fast it was and how narrow the rut was. Um, but I thought the track was difficult being this late in the season because opposite to last year, a lot of it was really hard packed and there was a hard base to it. And it almost got polished from the riders breaking in the certain breaking zones. And there were still leaves on the trees, so the sun couldn't really get through to dry the track out. And it was so cold at night, there'd be the moisture coming up out of the ground that it felt like some sections were just like ice, just a hard pack breaking zone that was polished. And it was hard to push in those. And it was hard to know like where you could push and where it was going to be greasy. And if you had like a huge front wheel push, it's hard to come into the next section confident to in your grip that you could push it again. Um, but I thought the track raced really well and it, it snowshoe always just provides such a exciting race to the, to the very end somehow. Um, but yeah, good, good racetrack this weekend. Yeah, definitely. It does. It does always provide good racing. And and uh, Ollie, like Nico said, there was a uh, a lot of challenge in all these like rocks pointing in different directions, super slippery track, and as a result, you know, a lot of crashes. And also, to some extent, like an element of luck, I guess, going into these sections committed and coming out in one piece. And we did see a lot of crashes this weekend. And I'm I'm guessing riders are very aware of that. They're seeing their friends and colleagues getting hurt is it is it hard to remain focused and committed to these sections when kind of the, you know the risk is ever present yeah i guess you have you always have this like on any track you have this like how hard should you push kind of thing and it's like the rider that wins the race is the rider that balances the pushing versus sort of finesse and staying neat and staying more or less on your line uh, the best, isn't it, kind of thing? And snowshoe um, clearly is 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 that as well. And as you saw, we, you know, I mean, riders were almost dropping like flies through the weekend. You know, in terms of the amount of injuries, knocking them out, and hope everybody you know heals fast. But there was there was there was a lot of it. You know, and especially at this peak time of the year, where you know overalls are in your mind, and um, uh, you know, trying to finish the season strong, give you confidence going into the winter. So. That, that sort of dilemma of how hard to push on a track where, like you say, could bite so easily um, is obviously going to be hard. I think matched with the injuries was the amount of punctures, you know, like through practice, through all of the timed runs, uh, <coughs> people were puncturing and like and it, it wasn't just one brand of tyre or anything like that. It was across everybody. There was a lot of punctures. I think probably matched, I'm guessing, but without knowing, um, uh, like wheel breakages as well, sometimes causing those punctures. But um, yeah, so it does, it takes, it only takes one small mistake, even shown by Mr. No Mistakes in Loic Bruni um, uh, taking a big hit. You know, I didn't mean to laugh as he crashed, more just laugh at the... F- the, the fact that he did because he obviously it's rare he does especially at the heat of the moment so um yeah yeah tough track for sure and it's uh it, it looked like an, a, a definite challenge for the riders especially with those changing conditions yeah nico were the conditions like were they changing progressively throughout the week or was it relatively consistent like up until race day when it looked like the sun kind of really came out and started to dry things like how how did the track progress so <clears throat> the day before track walk, it was raining all day lightly, and the days of junior practice, it was pretty greasy. The tough thing was that it wouldn't 
progressively get drier it would uh it would be so greasy in the morning because it was pretty cold it's late in the year um and as i said like the sun's a little lower in the sky but we're in this like couple week period where the leaves are still in the trees and it can't get in to some of those wood sections and dry them um until like later in the afternoon so we had that morning slickness in practice and then we'd wait around and do the timed runs later in the afternoon you almost have to guess how the track was going to be and it was um it, it was just pretty tough because like you could have a run through in the morning where you just felt like your front wheels deflecting off of everything. And then later on in the day, it would actually be pretty good. And you had to trust that the track would come around without getting to feel it for yourself. So it was, it was really tough for, um, yeah, just knowing what, where the grip was going to be. Yeah. Fair. And, uh, yeah, like we say, quite a few big injuries. Um, one pretty serious looking one for Dean Lucas, which was obviously scary for him with a stretched spinal column that, left him um, paralyzed for a short period of time. Sounds like he's healing up okay. Not the way anyone wants to end their weekend and especially not end their career. So yeah, healing vibes to to everybody that went down. We hope you're all okay and uh, and back at it as soon as possible. And it sounds like at least everyone's on the mend, which is good. Um, yeah, let's move on and, and talk a bit about the racing. Um, Ollie, we'll start with the junior women. Arise van Leuven was at it again. She left uh, left Leger in a helicopter, turned up at this one seemingly fine again and stuck uh, six seconds into the competition over Taylor Ostergaard and Valentina Roa Sanchez. It's uh, When it's going well for Arise, it's really good. Huh? Like She's an incredible rider. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you've just said, confirming that she her raw speed is clearly uh, <laughs> clearly the fastest uh, out of everyone and it, and and I was I was literally looking at that like obviously she's world champion this year she ha- she's ha- she's I think she's been taken in a helicopter at two races at Leger and there was um one of the earlier ones anyway this year I don't think it was Leah Gang but one of the early ones uh and then obviously winning this weekend I was like that is the ult- like everybody has ups and downs in a, in in any sporting season or or any sporting career, but that's a lot. That's a very bouncy up and down through the year. Bless her, you know. Unfortunately, she's all right from those those um, uh, helicopter rides. <laughs> um, <laughs> fortunately, she's okay from those evacuations. But the uh, but yeah, to to come back, you know, to the next race and take the win just shows that she has the pace. And um, yeah, I suppose for her, probably as an athlete, you know, it's looking at how she can build the consistency of the speed. Um, and then she'll be a very dangerous racer as she gets into the elite ranks. For sure. I mean, it shows a pretty strong mental game as well, eh, Ollie? To, to, you know, the last time you raced to have gone home in a helicopter to then just be all in again on a track, especially a track like Snowshoe, where the risk of getting hurt was was potentially, I would say, a bit higher than normal because of that, like, random factor of where your wheel goes. For sure. Yeah, that, that I think the term's resilience, isn't it? You know, that ability to bounce back uh, after difficulties. And um, it sounds like she's nailed that behaviour pretty damn well uh, in how she bounces back. Uh, so huge respect. Yeah, impressive. Uh, still not there in the overall. She's had those couple of rounds where she's not put any points in the bank. So Valentina Rosa Sanchez still in the lead of the overall with Lisa Boulidou in second. Um, so yeah, going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But I think it's in Valentina's hands that unless she has a particularly bad weekend in Monson and then 
she should be okay. And then on to junior men, uh, Nico, um, fellow countryman Ryan Pinkerton, fourth win in a row. This guy is absolutely flying in the second half of the season. It like looks uh, hard to beat, but not impossible. It was pretty close by you know Evan Medcar in uh, in second pushed him pretty hard. Yeah, I was. I told both of them I was super proud of them. Um, Ryan has been riding so well the second half of the season, and I think it just took some time for him to figure out his process. It's what juniors is about: learning what works for you. And it looks like he's got his routine dialed. He looks so fast on the bike and his times compared to elite have been awesome too. So, um, I, it'll be exciting to see Ryan go into elite next year. And I think he'll, he'll be really strong going forward. And then really Evan impressed me a ton. The past couple races, he was on the podium in Leger. And then some of the sectors that he was riding here at snowshoe, he was so fast down the steep section, the wild zone, they call it. He ran that into the turn on the inside so hard and just absolutely ripped it and gained time on on Ryan and all the other guys. He was fastest through some sections. So it's awesome to see uh, the American guys won too and really promising for the future. That was super cool. Yeah, very cool. And then Milan Foulquet in third. Oli, do you know much about Milan? I think he's the French uh, junior champion this year. Yeah, don't, I haven't had much uh, to do with him, to be fair. But um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's evidence that, you know, the French can come over here and still do well kind of thing. Uh, and and you have to give him like huge respect to that because, you know, I guess obviously when at least two of the rounds are in your own country and then other rounds are quite close to you, you know, the the, the chances of a higher performance are definitely raised. Like that can't be, you know, denied. Uh, but to come over here... Um, would only assume not ridden the track before uh, or at least have very limited time on it um, and to be putting a time down the same as those top two um, is absolutely awesome to see. So, um, yeah, huge respect to him as well. Yeah, fair play. And Ryan seals the deal on the overall. Uh, I think, you know, there's Bodie Kuhn gave him a good run for his money but just hasn't really been able to have the consistency throughout the, the season. So, yeah, fair play to Ryan for stitching that one up. He looked he looked pretty happy with how the weekend went and I think the, the GT team were pretty stoked on that. Um, yeah, let's move on to elite women, uh, Nico. And I think, um, you know, Valley really showed us the level that she's at at the moment um, by winning semis with a crash in her run. Like a, an on-form Valley is very, very hard to compete with at the moment, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just watching in practice, she was one of the only girls to hit that double drop section and just her commitment to some of those gnarlier sections of track was really impressive compared to the other girls. Um, watching her run back, it was it was hard to tell if she was reserved or if she wanted to just get through and clench the overall um, or, if she, or if she was pushing because Maureen had an awesome run too. Um, but she just looked super solid. She made it look easy and she she rode some of the gnarliest lines on the track to to get there. Yeah, impressive work. It's a, a well-deserved uh, world championship and overall uh, winner year for Valley, I think, Ollie. She's, she's taken all those lessons, hard lessons that she's learned over the last couple of seasons and put it put it into practice in a in a very measured, um, yeah, measured way, I think. It seems she seems to have just delivered on all accounts. 
Yeah, she must have learned from previous years. You know, she's shown speed from, you know, obviously in the junior ranks and then she's shown the speed from the off in the elite ranks, but just not every week, you know, not every race. And that's been a probably her biggest downfall in previous years. But to come into this season, win those, was it five on the bounce? Um, uh, and then still be obviously delivering on top results and top times uh, in these last um, couple of rounds has shown that, uh, yeah, the consistency, uh, like the slightly more mature, I guess, uh, kind of approach to it. And and as Nico already said, you know, probably this weekend showed that mature attitude to sort of get the job done. We'll, we'll never know whether she could have posted a faster time or not. But um, yeah, it just it, it showed that she's obviously developed as a rider more than just her, her her technical ability, which she's always always had. Let's be honest. Um, I think. Yeah, number one is that consistency things come out a lot, and especially as this as we get to these last few rounds, we're going to we're talking about it more, aren't we? Um, and but just just another note to say that the that that's got to be one of the closest top three uh, times wise in the women's we've maybe ever had. Like it, it's all it's normally more separate, like split, sorry, than the men's, isn't it? Kind of thing. And with all with Nina. Uh, Marine and Valley all being on that uh, 341 uh, is awesome to see and uh, brings that additional excitement to the racing. Yeah, definitely. 0.6 across the top three is uh, is tight for sure. Um, let's talk about a few of the other riders that ended up on the podium. Gloria Scarzi, Nico, uh, this uh, enduro racer who's been having a bit of a go this year at downhill. Two podiums to her name already. It's pretty impressive, isn't it, to, to come into a totally different discipline and, and get to that level that quickly. Yeah, it's super impressive. And we see it sometimes with downhillers going to enduro. We don't often see it coming the other way. So uh, it's pretty cool and awesome to see people that have like a true all-around bike skill to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. I noticed Jesse Melamed's uh, taken delivery of a of a downhill bike from Canyon recently. So we'll see if that leads to anything, but I'd be excited to see that guy throwing his hat in the ring. Um, Ollie, let's talk about Tiny Seagrave, a, a season of progression. And I think she she's, you know, been out and said that she's pretty stoked with that snowshoe result. She's not necessarily gone well well there in the past. So she she felt like super stoked being able to ride that track with a level of commitment in those conditions, considering where she's come from this season. It's cool, eh? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, uh, both her and Maureen uh, have shown this kind of... Uh, I guess in intelligent kind of approach to this season, you know, they've ha- they they come back and to speak about Karen speaking about Tani, but you know, coming back from injury, coming back in her, in Tani's case with you know a lot of time off the bike, um, to make sure you come back and build properly. I think we spoke about this actually the other week as well, but that kind of building back up, it is real. You know, you don't just bounce back into this game and suddenly like be beating everybody again. Doesn't matter whether you're a Red Bull athlete uh, or not you need some time to build and obviously fortunately sponsors are very aware of that now or seem to you know be open and understanding of it um so yeah so Tani's building nice and let's let's see how she progresses let's see if she you know with another solid winter under her belt another off season obviously we've got another race yet but once the off season begins um yeah it'd be great to see her uh coming into next season um another thing to note probably about Tani is uh, she was fastest to the first sector and whether this is anything to do with it but uh Gloria who came who was just behind her in fifth was about two seconds slower than her to the first sector so um 
uh, and it's only over like a 35 second sector. And I wonder if that's a bit of like the downhill versus enduro um, kind of thing, isn't it? Downhill, you know, you're in, it's three minutes, let's go. It's got to happen. You have to go from the off. And I wonder whether for Gloria, there's a little bit of uh, learning that kind of like switching on as early uh, side of things. Or she was maybe just slower at the top in, or Gloria was just slow at the top. We'll never know. But um, yeah, an interesting point that uh, Tani was clearly fired up and went into that run, um, you know, giving it her all. Yeah. I, uh, I, from memory, I always feel like Tani used to build into runs and was never normally a like person to go out and win the first split either. So that's, that's kind of interesting. I might be off the mark there, but in my head, that's uh, how I remember things. Mm. But Anyway, uh, Nika, let's talk a little bit about Nina. It looked like she had, a, again, a sort of fairly rough weekend. I saw a few clips of crashes that looked uh, fairly unpleasant. Not been an easy season for her, but she just continues to chip away at it and get the work done. And, and when, when race time comes, she's, she's there or thereabouts in the mix pretty much all the time. It was another solid run from Nina. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you mentioned... She's super tough and resilient and makes it happen when it counts. It was good to see good to see her put that result in. I'm sure I know she wanted a little more than that, especially if Valley is not going to win. She wants to be the one to capitalize on that, I'm sure. But uh, nevertheless, like tight racing and a good result, always good to be on the podium. One thing that I found interesting was that this was my first race with a new format and Aside from watching some footage like on Vital Raw or Jack's Jack's uh Jack Moyer's videos, I hardly ever saw the women. Like our schedule's so tight that we're practicing or back at the pit getting ready for the next practice session, but we never overlap and while we're preparing for our next session, they're riding and I really didn't even see them like in person at all or even to know that they were that they were even at the venue it was uh it's such a tightly packed schedule that you don't really have time like you did in in years past to like actually see the girls on the track so definitely a, a packed schedule that i was able to finally do it myself yeah hectic a hectic week for sure um and then yeah the the battle for second and third now that valley stitched up the overall the battle for second and third it's getting super strong between Nina and Marine, Ollie. And uh, Marine's got that confidence, I guess, now from from two wins on the bounce. She knows where the pace is, but it, it, it's super tight between those two. It's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But another, yeah, another great weekend for Marine, a really strong improvement as well from semis into finals. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a battle in the in the final round, isn't it? And you know, big track, um, so it's uh, yeah, well, looking forward to seeing it. But yeah, Marine for you know herself taking the win this weekend is um uh uh yeah she's figuring it back out isn't she or should we say she's now figured it back out you know she's just got to keep it going um i really like watching her ride i think she's very clever in fact uh, looking at her sector as well her top sector was actually a little bit slower um than some of the other girls she was back by a second or two at the top and then pulling it back uh, as the track as she got further down the track so that's kind of showing again knowing this track's very physical that she's kind of going well okay i know i could lose a lot of time through that bottom rock garden uh in sector um 
would have been coming into the final sector, so sector four effectively. Um, yeah, making sure that she clawed back the time and that physical bit where it's clearly quite flat, you're clearly having to try and hold your speed um, through the rocks. And um, uh, and she'd whether she'd saved energy, I don't want to say that, but she clearly made sure she had the energy to be able to deliver uh, at that bottom bit. Um, so yeah, really good run and uh, great to see somebody else up there. I can't, I'm really looking forward to like, like all the women being fit, if you know what I mean, like as in being healthy and not not returning from an injury or recovering or building, you know, well, hopefully we go into next season, we'll see, you know, Tani with a good winter under her belt, same for Marine, um, Eleonora from Mondraker obviously coming in, being injured and then re-injuring herself uh, again this weekend. Like, I think it's going to be really cool when we see everybody fighting fit and uh, uh, we'll have a, it'll be a very, tough uh uh women's category yeah miriam nicole's to come back as well like there's there's a huge amount of uh very fast women if everyone's there on form so yeah it's going to make things uh even more exciting i think which is pretty cool but yeah i just i just checked it was a nine second improvement for marine from uh semis to finals which is is uh super impressive so yeah on a good form let's move on to the men's nico just talk us through your experience like you say first time working in the new format um an unfortunate puncture in qualies left you pretty close to the mark i was checking the results um how was it from your perspective uh, yeah the new format was interesting in some ways it like left no time to sit around and get nervous like as a big part of downhill racing is you're like waiting in anticipation of this three minute race run and everything's running through your head and you're, you just want to get in the start gate and, and be able to go. And it's the waiting around. That's the the challenging part. And with this new format, there was not much time for that. Like you were always going from one practice to the next. Um, there was always something heady, which I kind of liked. Uh, it, it was difficult with the short practices and lines to, like every all the riders were there 15 minutes ahead of the start and the, there was all 100 guys in line ready to drop so you waited to drop in then you waited to get on the lift and there it, it was a lot of people riding at the same time which made it pretty busy on the track um but I, but i honestly i did like it i liked the two practice sessions on the first day it gave you time to take a break and eat lunch without losing time on track and then come back again um, so the, the schedule, the schedule I, I, I quite liked. Um, and then for me, like I kind of had some bad luck with my racing. I'd say good luck actually that I was able to make it through with a flat tire. Um, but when you think about your race coming up, you expect that everything's going to go right. And for me this weekend in my timed runs, I just had a lot of things that didn't go right. And I guess for me, the first real race this year you can expect that there's going to be some kinks to work out. Um, looking back, you can, ex you, you can say it was to be expected coming into it. I've, I was sure I was going to have perfect runs, but it never really does go that way. Um, so my, yeah, my qualifying run, I, I kind of, I actually felt pretty good on the track. Um, just like being familiar with snowshoe and for a lot of guys, it was only the second day they hadn't had as much time to get up to speed. And I felt like I was pretty dialed in on it. And I kind of knew that with a smooth run, I could make the top 60. 
there was less guys here in the U.S. and there was a lot of guys out injured. So I thought top 60 should be no problem. And I somehow, I think I dented my rim um, about halfway down the track, like coming down the steep section into the rocks at the bottom. I noticed breaking that my tire sounded like it was low and it felt pretty low. So I was like running that through my head. Okay, get to the bottom fast enough to make the top 60, but not rip the tire off. And I was imagining coming into like those last doubles, so like Mount St. Anne last year replay. Like, what do you do in this situation? Roll it fast, but don't um, just explode it. And somehow, luckily, I managed it just right because I got 59th place and snuck in with the flat tire. And I'm really glad that I, I just got to the bottom, got on the lift and went back to the pit and didn't just wait at the finish watching myself get closer and closer to the bubble because I would have been super <laughs> stressful sitting there. I just like, oh, well, the results will be what they are. I'll check when I get up to the top and uh, luckily just made it in. Um, but yeah, after that, I just felt like I had a lot more in the tank for my semifinal run and um, I was pretty nervous for it. I knew it was going to take my very best to try to make that cut and I just overrode the track. I was offline a bunch of spots. Um, up near the top, you go through those step downs right after the first split, after that grass turn, and then into the first woods. Looking back on the the replay, like the drone would follow you into the woods. And as I jumped out of that first right turn in the woods, I bent my bottom chain guide roller, and it was like run, rubbing my tire. I don't think it was slowing me down much, but it was like I looked down at it and was kind of distracted me. And then, um, yeah, a couple other spots for, towards the bottom. I just got deflected on the rocks pretty far offline. And even in that very last turn, it was hard to see on the TV how difficult it was. But you hit the two doubles in the woods, and the last left out into the grass, there was about five ruts to choose from. And none of them were good, and they all kind of shot you into the tree. And I, uh, I pushed the front wheel pretty hard in those ruts and didn't carry good speed out. But... Uh, yeah, just I ended up doing the same time as I did with a flat tire, put in about three times the effort to go the same speed. And it was just one of those runs that got that one out of the way um, to be expected from kind of a first race in a while. But uh, nonetheless, was like super proud that I was out there, happy to be back racing, as I said. Like all things leading up to it, like I'd say it was something to be really proud of after being injured this year. But during that three minutes that I raced, regardless of all that, I could have gone faster. And as a racer, that's what you're always looking for. So luckily, next weekend already, get another shot at it. And uh, looking forward to racing again in Mount St. Anne. Good stuff, man. And you had your uh, new teammate with you as well this weekend. Asa Vermette uh, was a course runner for the weekend. Uh, still too young to be racing in the junior category, but pretty smart move i guess to spend some time on a world cup track on a world cup weekend get to see the degradation of the track get to experience all of that and it must have been a good a, a good weekend for him to get a bit more prep under his belt i guess for, for next season yeah it was it was interesting um i reached out to snowshoe about that because i did it when i was his age i did it actually at mount st anne and Bromont and got to do the sweep. And I felt like it was such a valuable experience getting to be on track without the pressure of racing yourself. Um, and as, as like a young kid, it just makes the next year so much easier. 
But I, I'm pretty sure a few years ago, I didn't know this when I asked Snowshoe, but they made a rule that you have to be 18 now. Um, I guess just for safety, they want it to actually be a course sweep, not these little kids out there trying to lay down stopwatch times to compare to the, the pros. And that's kind of what it always seems like it is when you let the 16-year-old kids on track. But they, um, they ended up giving him the sweep plate on Friday because at first they said they couldn't do it for insurance reasons. And then I guess uh, none of the bike patrol really wanted to do the sweep because the track was pretty gnarly. So they, they were like, hey, um, tell Asa to come by. We'll, we'll let him do the sweep. And he managed to get four practice runs in in the morning. And then I guess all the team managers in the group chat were complaining that they made this rule to prevent that. And they, they told the UCI that he was only 16 and they wanted him off the track. So he did get his four runs in and already on the second practice run, he was timing the runs on a GoPro and by his fourth <laughs> run had a pretty fast time. And even like in uh, Ben Cathro's line comparison, he was like, he was the fastest through some sections as yeah. the sweep rider. And I'd say like, for sure, he's an awesome rider and all of that is down to skill, but there's a little part of it that he didn't have to race and there was no external pressure. And he was just, I'm just going to go ride the track as fast as I can. Nothing else to worry about. And it kind of makes you appreciate that sometimes as a racer, you, we, we do overthink things and we overcomplicate them. And, uh, yeah, it was cool to see him out there. Uh, definitely a really good thing for me and my program to have him out there. It was kind of like the talk of the weekend in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, exciting to see him be able to really race next year when he's old enough to race junior. Definitely, no, that's a smart move though. Good work getting him uh, some experience there because every every little counts, right? When you come into a World Cup season, for sure. Uh, let's talk about another young rider um, who was an incredibly promising junior, had an, a perfect start to his elite career, and then hasn't had maybe the best run through the middle part of the season. That's Jordan Williams. Uh, Ollie, good to see Jordan back and firing sixth place i'm sure he would have wanted a, a touch more than that and, and wanted to step on the podium but I th it looked like he was pretty happy to be back on the pace that we'd expect to see him on yeah he'll be really pleased and i think uh, one thing to note uh with jordan along with a couple other riders that we'll mention in a minute uh is his consistency through the weekend so you know he delivered on a on a solid quality a solid semi and a solid finals and um, and as shown by many other riders, that was really difficult on that track, you know, whether it be because of, me of a mechanical or because of rider error. Um, it was difficult to deliver that. And I think he's clearly come into this re this weekend, um, you know, maybe, yeah, okay, you know, it, it, obviously he's had to go faster than other weeks because he hasn't, hasn't been on the pace that maybe he would, we would think he should be, should we say. Um so he's coming to this race not only faster but more consistent, and uh, I think that's only going to help. And um, you know, we know he's got it. It's uh, it's just a you know bumpy old ride, isn't it? Like that he's had through the season. So um, yeah, really pleased for him this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of speed he carries over into Mons and Anne. I feel like it it could be another classic performance from from Jordan this weekend. Nico, Ethan, uh, Craig, yet again. Uh, showing his ability to stick himself well within the the top end of the sport. I think he's got his eyes uh, on podium spots these days, considering. But um, yeah, again, impressive in eighth and a good, consistent weekend from Ethan as well, I think. 
Yeah, he looked awesome all weekend on track. I was impressed in his run. He uh, he unclipped out of the gate, and that sometimes can just like throw you off uh, going into the rest of your run. But he was able to pretty quickly put that behind him and just build through the rest of the track. Um, I talked to Cameron Cole a bunch after the race, and he was saying that, like, I, I mentioned to him, like, dude, the team is doing so well. You guys are crushing it every weekend. The past, like, four races, Ryan's won, and Ethan has been top 10 or, or right there. And he was like, yeah, just take some time. Like, we've just been working together now for the past two years, and we're finally, like, finding exactly what our recipe is to do well. And it's cool to see that in the results sheet that's really happening. Like they put in the work, they figured it out. It's going to take some trial and error in the beginning. And then now that they've been working together, they're, they're just nailing the results. And Ethan has been right there and crushing it every weekend and he looks great on the bike. So props to him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, exciting to see what Ethan can do in future seasons and, and how he gets on this weekend in Montsonan. Cause I'm pretty sure he went well there last time out. Um, Let's talk about some of the riders that maybe didn't have the weekend that they were looking for. Ollie, we'll start with you. Laurie Greenland, who's a rider you've done a lot of work with, a good friend of yours. Uh, stellar performance in the early part of the weekend and a pretty nasty looking crash coming out of that compression uh, fairly near the top of the track in his race run. It's been a super hard season for Laurie, hey? Yeah, it has been a tough season for him. Um, <laughs> he came into that race uh, uh, after... The previous race being Leger, where because of feeling ill, he decided uh, it wasn't safe to uh, to race, uh, which was, I think, a wise decision. And he came in, obviously did that quali run, <coughs> comes in second fastest, you know, same time as Bruni. And uh, if Monesty, uh, words out of his mouth, didn't find it that difficult rolling that speed through. Um, so it wasn't. He, he was. It kind of shocked him a little bit because naturally, I guess, belief bounces around a little bit when you're having a season like his with sort of these health issues and things. Um, so that kind of shocked him. But then uh, that shock, I think, led on to um, like, okay, let's go and do this. You know, if, if I can do that on a pretty chill run, like where, where can we take this kind of thing? Uh, and and then the rest of the the rest of the uh, weekend just got like turned into that bumpy ride that we've been talking about earlier. Puncture, unfortunate. He did. I think he did run offline though. So I, I believe it. I, I believe it was kind of rider error puncture, not just like oh I was on my line. I was doing a week and still and it still went flat. Um, so yeah, just ran off line a little bit there, and then um, yeah, finals run. He clearly looked hungry. You saw him pedaling out that first turn uh, or one of the first turns into the drop, and I think even Cedric was like, oh, "This is happening now," kind of thing. Um, and yeah, clearly that silly mistake uh, just at the top there just cost him. So unfortunate for him, um, but the pace is there. So he and he knows that. So it's uh, yeah, he's he's good to go. Sorry, Nico. That spot where he crashed was one of the spots I mentioned that felt like ice. It was like a compression off camber, and there was just like little tiny rocks coming through. It's I guess it's a dirt road, and all the tires on that, it really, every run you kind of push the front wheel, and then for finals you're expecting it to dry up, and you could gain a lot of time if you didn't break much through there. So that was a tough section, and I think all the riders felt like they were going to do what he did, a few times through the weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. I think it's <laughs> worth noting though, obviously, so for him in semis and 
in the semis because of the puncture, <laughs> finals because of that crash. Obviously, for the overall, that that's quite a big hit. Not that he was, cha- you know, I think he was out of contention slightly for for winning, but um, but I think this weekend shows for like many riders how that overall can get quite heavily impacted uh, for like you know for for a crash or a puncture or whatever reason it could be. You know, other riders were mentioned, but Jackson being one of them, another rider down uh, the pack a little bit who's in contention for the overall, um, but hemorrhaging loads of points this weekend in that finals run. So, um, yeah, this this like uh, up and down the field, up and down the sort of points uh, standings is uh, is real this year with the amount of points that are on, on hand. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Jackson, Ollie, that a rider that looked like a really good bet for this track, like he's got that light touch, seemed to be able to keep the bike kind of going roughly where he wanted it to in areas where maybe other people were finding that harder. But yeah, just wasn't to be, I guess. And it, like you say, it's one puncture, but has quite a big impact on the overall. He was sitting second, I think now down in third, um, makes it harder for him to to get that win. Um, he's got plenty of time ahead of him, I'm sure, but still he's probably not going to be super stoked on that. No, no, not at all. He's, uh, he's, uh, he did look so. That was it. His, I can't remember which run it was now, but it must have been his semi run, semi finals run. He, uh, there was a section through the middle. He, he looked faster than everybody, didn't he? And, and not just, he didn't just look faster than everybody. Like he just looked like it was easy. Lee going faster than everyone. Like it, there was just, I mean, we spoke, speak about him sort of bouncing down the hill and it, he was, he was just doing that uh so well uh it was it was great fun to watch um and yeah like you say not only he'll bounce back from uh uh from that result this weekend and yeah we'll see how he goes in in Montserrat next week yeah home race uh for the Canadian riders it's going to be exciting to see them get fired up Nico let's talk about the top five um Bernard Kerr gone well here in the past Still looking for that that top spot. I think he was a little bit frustrated. He said on Win TV, I think that he'd pushed a front wheel coming onto one of the wooden bridge sections, which was like quite a critical exit uh, area or exit speed area, which had lost him a, a chunk of time and wasn't super happy with his performance. But you know, looked impressive. And actually, that bike with both him and Jacob Jewett getting good results looked like it was dealing well with the the, the rocky nature of the lower part of the track. Yeah, I think Bernard is expecting to win on these more technical tracks. So he's been close so many times. He's he's an, an older rider, so he's he's looking for that win. And as nice as a podium is, um, being that close leaves some to be desired, I'm sure. But yeah, Bernard uh, obviously taking some confidence from here last year where he was so close. Um, I think the track suits him with how committed you have to ride, and Bernard has no shortage of confidence. Um, the bike was working well. I think that style of bike works well over all those flat, rocky square edge hits. He was, he was able to carry a lot of speed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd say he's, he's close again, but, uh, it's going to be leaving him some fire to try to make that win happen. Definitely no bad thing, I guess. Uh, Ollie, Loris Vergier, another rider that's quite kind of light touch, more bouncy, style i guess um the rider that loic had named as the what he perceived as his biggest challenge for the overall um whether that's to start the mind games or whether that's 
uh, you know, really how he feels about things. And I guess that is the case. Loris now sits in second behind Loic in the overall, but uh, a rider that you would have thought could have won here as well and uh, and got pretty close, but it wasn't quite to be. Yeah, again, and you mentioned the overall. He, I know he's often a little bit quieter in how he sort of progresses through the overall standings through the season. This season, uh, uh, it's been the extreme version of that. You know, to see him suddenly in second there, like, let's be honest, we've spoken about maybe the quality of his runs, but we haven't spoken about loads of his runs through the season so far. You know, he's just kind of... He's, he's always been there or thereabouts and whether he's planned this or meant it but he's quite clearly realised that you've got to pick up some good points out of the quality okay qualities you don't get loads but out of the qualities out of the semis and out of the finals and that's what's put him in this position where he, he you know he can take the overall uh, this season um, he ha- you know in previous years we may have seen a win or some wins out of him Uh that we haven't seen, but what we are seeing is this, yeah, like I say, just making sure you're always in there and that that's a championship. That is the way to win championships. You know, like we've seen many riders win a few World Cups and still not take championships. So, uh, yeah, I think Loris is playing, whether he's planning it or not, it seems like he's playing the uh, playing the long game, playing the clever game uh, for a potential overall, which he's uh, very much in, um, in with a chance for. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how hard he goes at Monson and whether he just clicks it up a little notch to try and cement that overall. But yeah, fair play, impressive result from Loris. Nico, let's talk about Dakota Norton, um, a rider that I think a lot of people were hoping would get his first win in his you know, home nation. Uh, it wasn't quite to be, but actually pretty damn impressive like to have that crash in your semis run, to still get the result he did in semis, but then to kind of collect yourself be able to push through that section of the track next run and and put in a run that was good enough for for third place. It's uh, it's a good day out from Dakota. Yeah, all around I thought it was awesome. He uh, to to be able to get fifth in semis with a crash is impressive, no matter how you look at it. But after it, he just calmly got up, didn't rush, and slotted into fifth. Built through the rest of the run. Thought that was really mature that he was able to not compound the mistake and get the bike through he wasn't protected so that's got to be going through his mind too and get it through to the final um and yeah obviously he he wants to win he's imagining a win watching benoit win his first race in france dakota wants to do that here at snowshoe and uh just was was in touch but just a little bit short of it um nevertheless third on the podium is awesome um i know dakota's contracts up right now and at the end of a year on a contract you want to deliver good results and he's probably uh the fastest dude who has his his contract up so that's that's promising for his value for sure but all that aside like the dream as a racer is to always win a race and to win a race in front of your home crowd has got to be the best feeling so i know that's what he was looking for the fans were loud and proud this weekend at snowshoe um, I heard it for me, but I mean, for Dakota and Luca, it must have been insane. So, uh, yeah, I think the win's still there. 
um, on the cards for Dakota. He's just got to make it happen. He always builds so slowly through the runs. I think like a combination of he's really, he used to race BMX. So he's really good on like the bottom section. Most tracks are a little bit more pedally and have jumps at the bottom. And he's so strong through that. But regardless of the style sector, he always builds. He seems to be fastest towards the end of the runs. And um, I don't know if it's, it's, it's hard to change your style, but if he could just get a, I mean, a, a second is a second, no matter where you get it on the track. And if it seems like he's leaving some time in the first half of the races to then gain it at the end. So maybe if he could pick it up a little bit out of the start, he would be, um, he would have the time he needs to win, but he's riding great props to him. Hope to see yeah, him win one soon. It's coming at some point for sure. All right, let's talk about, uh, the final two places on the podium and uh, up until this weekend, we've never had an Irish win in downhill. Um, we had two guys that looked like, you know, they're fast. We could maybe see them on the podium. We could definitely see them in the top 10. I'm not sure anyone would have placed a bet on them taking in one and two ahead of, you know, this weekend kicking off. But that's where we've ended up. We'll start with Ronan Dunn, Ollie. We saw Ronan after his uh, racing Lear gang where he'd had a really good result and he was not stoked because he's like it's podium or nothing like that's what i'm working towards um which is a really you know strong commitment he went well at snowshoe last year and he's backed that up here like look confident from the get-go uh you know fast in practice fast throughout the weekend but also like pretty clean i, I would say like ronan what is one of those heart in the mouth riders or we've got used to him being like that but those runs look look pretty spot on from my uh, non-expert eye yeah i think the word you uh, said there was the word commitment and that sums up uh, ronan in terms of his riding pretty damn well doesn't it like um he i mean I, I think there's that gopro floating around online with him on his race run going out the gate shouting to himself kind of thing like it's uh, you know even more evidence that he's like he's in it you know he's, he's there's no there's no there's no thinking around he was just going for it and he always does kind of thing and that's what's great to see and that's why he deserves that uh that result again i'm sure like you know what under half a second off winning i'm sure there's a little bit of um of being a bit gutted there but equally to then be beaten by your mate your riding partner uh you know somebody you've ridden with many many years uh i'm sure he's he's kind of like you know pretty pretty happy about that well obviously he is happy about that so um yeah he's the run he delivered uh you know although you know shouting itself as you go out the gate there's, there's certain risks that you end up pushing too hard you know you end up winding yourself up too much almost and that you that you make mistakes so the fact that he's got that kind of shouting at yourself but still obviously keeps it on the right side of um, committed rather than stepping too far over the line. Um, again, shows a maturity is starting to get into his riding and uh, and shows why, yeah, he's proving to be one of the fastest riders in the world at the moment. Yeah, super impressive. Can't wait to see more from that. Nico, let's talk about Ocean. Um, a rider that was picked up uh, through the YT mob, like talent search that Martin Whiteley ran um, a few years ago took the 2020 junior world championships and I think there was a lot of high expectations on him moving into elite which hadn't quite come to fruition he's had a rough run of luck through various different injuries and bits and pieces but has been on a pretty clear build through this season 
Um, but yeah, just seemed to really light up on this track again, riding committed, but looking pretty precise, not, not overly sketchy. Um, an incredible run from ocean. And I think <laughs> he was one of the more shocked people to be fair, like when they cut to the podium and Ronan sort of said to him, I think you just won your first world cup, mate. Like the, the look on his face was absolutely priceless. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, as you said, um, won the world champs as a junior and that was actually his first race ever in a world level race back in 2020, we had worlds first and then the two world cups after that. And, uh, he, he won worlds by a lot, went to Maribor the next weekend, won the first race by seven seconds, won the next one with a crash, came down with like his Jersey ripped up and still was two seconds faster. Um, but it, it kind of fell apart after that for him. Like when we went to Lusa, he crashed in both races and, and Ethan ended up taking the overall for the, the junior series that year. And then the following year. Um, Jackson and Jordan were then competing with him and I think he just struggled to find, find his form. So he kind of too early had so much success that then he, uh, he kind of struggled with the, the races to follow coming into elite his first season last year, he broke his wrist and, um, missed most of the season. Then coming into this year, he's had some good results. He had a top 10. He's been building. Um, but I don't think anybody would have chosen him to win this race. I can't say, like, knowing him personally, I can't say I'm surprised. The kid's so fast. Um, but I don't think anybody was expecting him to be the the next winner. And he, he picked it up through each session. Like, he was fifth in quali, second in semi, and then, and then made it happen. And sometimes that can be intimidating to be... You know, the guy starting right before Bruni in the leader's jersey in the final. But it looked like he took confidence from it and just um, just stuck to his program and delivered his best runs in each session. As you said, his run didn't look anything out of control. Like he had a little bit of a loose moment in the double drop. But other than that, um, just really solid riding from him. And he's on like a one of the only guys on a full 29er i think that bike probably like this would be the track for it it's really soft off the top um would track through those rocks really well um and and being a full 29er on this flatter track has got to be the track that it would do well on that's i mean it's really a 2018 bike like it's the bike that gwyn and i raced at the end of the 2018 season was like the prototype of that 29er tuez and it's a carbon mold and it hasn't changed so to win a race on a 2018 bike um, against the guys and the level of, of technology right now just speaks to the riding. Like, what an awesome ride and what a what a what a cool what a cool thing for him. We were Ancho, my mechanic, was his mechanic on the YT Mob when he was a junior. So he comes by the pits all the time. He's always stopping by and talking with Ancho and hanging out. And um, after the race, we were hanging out for a while at the after party. And what I said when we were driving home yesterday was to Ancho that was so cool was that whether he won yesterday or not, we would have hung out exactly the same way after the race. So it's like he won, but he's still him and nothing changed. And uh, I hope you can hang on to that and not have the pressure of this win that next week if he gets top 10 which would be awesome to not feel like he was below the bar that he now set for himself which is always a tough thing as a young rider when you have success um but yeah so happy for him awesome to see him win and he earned it 
Yeah, and I, he said in an interview, I think, that he kind of knew he was capable of it. Um, so Ollie, like to have now proven that to himself is quite powerful, isn't it? From a confidence perspective, I would I would guess we'll that's not gonna be the last we see of Ocean for sure. Yeah, I heard him say that as well about the, you know, he knew that he can do this. And uh but I guess for a rider there's there's only so long you can think like that. You know, there's only so long of it not happening where eventually maybe he was, the belief starts kind of, you know going down a little bit so for the fact that he's carried on believing he's gone through those tough times you know he's you know he's returned from injury more than once he's um uh no one's got him down you know before this weekend no one's got him down as the guy that can win it you know he's surprised us all um but but deep down he knew he could um so yeah no this will definitely only help him i think i echo what nico said and hopefully he's you know accepts that it may not happen every weekend kind of thing so like you know yeah reevaluate what his expectations are out of the game in terms of results um but hopefully not just expect to win every weekend not to say he can't you know he's looked good all season like i'm not he's looked really good all season um but to build that you know that the uh, i mean no one's winning consistently at the moment <laughs> that's the other point that we've got to speak about today uh we are we are in the men's we have had a different winner at every race and i think that is just absolutely awesome i also think one i still also think and we spoke about this briefly i think in in previous races but i do think this is down to the fact that we have the semi-finals and the finals uh, we have this ability for riders to get so much closer to each other. And just to look at it, the semi-finals, the top five was split by five seconds, roughly. Uh, the finals, the top five was uh, split by 1.7 seconds. So you can see it gets way closer. People, A lot more people figure it out a lot more by those finals. Um, and therefore, my assumption or uh, here is that therefore you know a different rider takes it takes it each um each week so um yeah definite like positive thing around having the semi-finals is the fact that we get this tighter racing and a shared winner um in the finals yeah it has been amazing to have those different winners each week and a rider who looked like they may well get their second win of the year and that was putting together a really good consistent weekend doing everything that was needed to like get the overall uh going your way was Loic Bruni uh won qualies won semis and was on a good run in his finals run as well as is kind of what we expect from Loic um but yeah just clipped that pad on the tree eh, Nico and that was enough to to take him out of contention it looked like a pretty nasty crash that he's now got to recover from and be on form for Monsonan yeah not a spot you want to crash at all um but Loic was doing everything he needed to checking all the boxes all weekend um, he's a guy that's just good on all conditions. Like this track is, is very different from a lot of the other tracks we've raced this year. And he's, he's one of the guys that could have won on, on all of them or, or be close to, and that's why he's in the leader's Jersey. But, um, yeah, the section where he crashed for me is like the hardest section of that track. You come in and the line that he was taking to try to go inside of that rock in between the tree is so close for how fast it is. And it's all also like, as we said, like all those rocks are a little bit greasy and, and pointed different directions. So, um, yeah, if he could have pulled that off knowing the track, that would have been such a fast line, but such a tight margin. And, um, 
obviously it bit him there a little bit. So uh, g- glad he's okay. Like that was a huge slam. Um, I saw him getting off the chairlift at the top. As we said, like you, you got to go back up and all the pits are at the top of the mountain here. And when he got off the chairlift, they were, they were forcing him to go get checked out by medical. And he was like, no, I'm okay. Like, I'm fine. I got up. I'm all good. And they're like, no, you can't ride back to the pit. You get in this um, cart and we're going to take you off to get checked. So hopefully he's all good and doesn't have any uh, issues going into next week. But um, still managed like through the through the semi and, and the quali, gain enough points to hold the overall. Um, but yeah. Good effort for Bruni and glad he's okay from that crash. Yeah, impressive work from him as always. And then honourable mention to uh, another enduro rider coming back over to downhill. Not a stranger to downhill. Uh, we've seen him here in the past, but Richie Reed was back this weekend and it was cool to see him on track. He flattered in uh, his finals run, which uh, was a shame. But if you took his lower sector time from semis and he would have been pretty comfortably around the 15th position, which, Nico, that's... Um, that's some work in it to come back to a sport you've not raced in for or at world level anyway for 10 years and to be able to do that against a field that everyone talks about how competitive it is that's just shows how good Richie is on a bike yeah he's uh he's such a quiet shy humble guy um he's he's an incredible rider obviously you can see all the championships and races he's won in enduro but even coming in he was like yeah I hope that if I do a good run, I can qualify. And I'm like, dude, you could do way better than that. I think you can make all the cuts and probably do pretty well in the final. And obviously he showed that he kind of stepped up and progressed through each session and he did make all the cuts and without that flat tire would have done an awesome result. But, um, I think like, if you look back in 2012, he was second in the world to Loic in junior at Leo gang. And then the next year did a few downhill races and then went to enduro so you never know, like if he would have stuck with it, what level he would be at in downhill. Um, I've I've known Richie since he was 12 years old. We used to race together all the time. He grew up a few hours from me. And uh, he's he's just the same guy as he was then, just loves riding as much as he can. And it's just like a really quiet, nice dude. So I was, I was stoked to see him. I did a couple of runs with him, uh, hoping to do some more runs this weekend in Mount St. Anne. But um, yeah, it was so cool to see the whole Yeti program, like just their their image on the track, like with the turquoise bike optimized for downhill, like the new bike that they made just for Richie. Like he just looked so good on the track, just like the whole Yeti setup was so good, like as as like a fan watching his image and Richie riding was just incredible. And it was so cool to see out there really good for the sport. Um, I was, I was telling him like, dude, you should just, you, how many enduro championships do you need to win? Just start racing downhill again. And he was like, well, I like to do some more downhill races, but like, I love the enduro style riding and like, there's way less pressure. There's nobody coming around looking at me, asking me questions. I just go start pedaling my bike out into the woods and I'm riding all day and then the race is over. Whereas like in downhill, like fans are yelling at him he's waiting for his run there's people coming by the pit looking at him and i think for richie like that style is he likes a little better but uh yeah i hope to see him doing more downhills obviously he's going to race saint Anne this weekend but i hope he can do some more next year 
Yeah, I'd echo that. It'd be cool to see more of Richie uh, at the downhill races for sure. And talking about image, Nico, we need to do uh, our Lit Kit Award for this penultimate race of the year. Uh, Ollie, I'm going to start with you today. Where's your Lit Kit vote going? Um, I, you know, <laughs> I'm doing this for two reasons. One, because uh, the kit did genuinely look good. And two, uh, because uh, similar to Benoit the other week, I think O'Sheen uh, deserves any uh, accolade we can give him right now with uh, with that result. Let's be honest, kind of came from nowhere. In his mind, it's not come from nowhere. But from the outside looking in, you probably wouldn't have bet much money on the lad coming in to win this race this weekend. So the fact that he can like prove the doubters uh and come in and take the win and take the win confidently you know like through the whole weekend looking fast um lit kit goes to O'Sheen for me i i did like their kit this weekend actually it was it was high it in good. my uh in my list yeah they did a good job on that troy lee fair play nico what about you your kit looked cool actually uh, yeah it, it was super cool i i had uh a white kit that I kind of saved for these last two World Cups. Fox gives us a few kits throughout the season, and um, I hung on to that one to to wear at these last two races, and I thought it looked pretty cool. But uh, I'd say like I had two that I really liked. Um, obviously, Richie was awesome, as I mentioned, like just the whole image of the Yeti team, and. Like I grew up watching Clay Porter's videos of Yeti racing every weekend. I was like a huge fan of Justin Leov and Sam Blinkensop. Um, they they like crushed it on that program, and then Gwyn coming onto that team was like when I was growing up watching uh, the sport was like when Yeti was was like so popular in downhill. So I I love to see that whole like their their setup, their tent, the bike, Richie on it. Like loved everything about that. Um, but I also really liked Luca's kit, like the whole Canyon team had a new purple kit for the weekend, but Luca's, especially with the American flag, like the way that Troy Lee did the sleeve on the, on his kits this year, are like the stars are bigger and it's like a darker blue. It just looks really nice. Um, I've had the sleeve a couple of times through my career and sometimes like the U S flag clashes with your kit, but they figure out a way to do it. That looks super nice and um everybody on the side of the track was was stoked to see that this weekend i can say for sure the u.s boys got a lot of support so yeah either of those were my favorites nice and i'm gonna go with um ethan and ryan i thought that kit it's not like maybe all full matchy matchy i think they got the black pants with like the different colored top but i think it looked really nice it's not that much like alpine stars kit floating around uh on the race circuit and i thought I thought they'd done a nice job on that. It stood out, looked pretty bold, looked very racy. So yeah, my vote goes to uh, to Alpine Stars for that kit that the GT lot were in. But yeah, thanks guys. Um, as always, it's been fun catching up and hearing your thoughts on what was another insane race. It's been an amazing season. We've got one more left and uh, I kind of don't want it to end because it's just been such an exciting uh, roller coaster year of a year so many different winners such tight racing across all the categories it's been great having the junior racing uh like online for us to watch as well this year so yeah i hope nico this uh weekend in msa treats you well and you get what you're hoping for and we're looking forward to seeing how you get on track and ollie look forward to to catching up with you and nico in uh in a week's time for our last one of the year it's coming around quick Cheers, Chris. Yeah, cheers. Talk to you guys next week.
All right, that's it for this Maxis Tires post-race show with Nico and Ollie. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thanks to Maxis for supporting this season. Maxis have incredible tires for you no matter how or where you ride. So head over to maxis.com or visit your local Maxis dealer and check them out. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you too. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow so you never miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like copies of our lovely print project Downtime EP. If you want to help support the show, then you can set up a regular donation over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today, but until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>